Hey everybody, I'm back. I want to get our message time started with a question today. Um, have you ever tried to do something that you just really felt strongly about? Um, maybe even like it was meant, like you, it was something you were supposed to do, and it just didn't go the way you thought it was going to. Maybe it didn't go according to plan. We had kind of a similar discussion in the in the pre-service chat with the conversation starter. But I can think of a couple of different times in my life when when that happened. Um, I talk about it a lot. You guys are probably tired of it, but I played football in high school and I had aspirations of playing big time football, not like Ohio State Clemson kind of, but like I was getting recruited and there were like scholarship talk and that kind of stuff. Um, and all that came to a grinding halt um, three or four weeks into my junior year when I blew out my knee. So my plans to play big time college football did not come to fruition. Um, or then there was the girl who I was getting ready to ask to marry me. And I mean, we were like within weeks, right? Like I had the plan laid out and I was going through it in my head and I saw her a couple weeks before I was gonna pop the question and she said, yes, I want to be married. I just don't want to be married to you. Um, yep. Or uh, my mentor, right? I, grad I graduate from, from college and I'm, I'm really feeling like I'm called to full-time ministry. And I'm having this conversation with my mentor. He's a, the rector of an Episcopal church in town. And he says, you know what? You really need to take care of your student loans before you head off to seminary and take on even more debt. And I needed his approval as part of the process. He needed to support me. And he wasn't prepared to do that because of my financial situation. So whether it was football, the woman I was supposed to marry, my plans for higher education and my life's calling... That stuff did not go the way that I had planned it to. Um, in hindsight, I can look back and see that God had much better things in store for me at each one of those occasions. So as we, as we get prepared to jump back into the book of Acts and we look at the Apostle Paul and where we're going to pick up the story, we're going to see this man who is quite possibly... I mean, I think right, right behind Jesus in terms of the influence that he's had, the impact that he's had on the world and, and bringing the gospel and bringing the good news to people. But where we find him, he is at a point in his walk where he can't figure out what God is up to. Have you ever been there? Somebody, somebody write in the chat. Do me a favor. Just write in the chat. Remote learning. Right, right, right in the chat. Zoom Christmas party. Or just sum it all up, right? Just put 2020 in the chat. Didn't go the way you had planned it. Didn't go the way I had planned it. But fortunately, um, as, we, as we're going to discover in this passage, we're going to see from Paul's example, when we don't know what the next specific step is, when our plan doesn't roll out the way we thought it was going to, the best thing that we can do Oops, is no matter how much we plan and prep, God's way is always our best next step. God's way is always our best next step. So before we dive into today's text, I want to do a little, little catch up for us because we took a, a four week break from the book of Acts and we had, we've been spending a long time, Acts is a long book, 28 chapters, so real quick summary of the first 15 or so chapters. Jesus 
is crucified, died, is buried, rises again, and, and hangs out with the disciples for a number of days, and he gives them a mission. He says, you guys are going to be my witnesses to everything that I've said and done in Judea and Sumeria and to the ends of the earth. And the Holy Spirit is going to empower you to do amazing things. Remember, our, the big idea for the whole series was this. When God's people submit to the work of the Holy Spirit, barriers are broken and people come to know and grow in Jesus. So the disciples, the apostles, these men and women who, were walked, who walked with Jesus when he was alive submit to the work of the Holy Spirit and they begin breaking these barriers, geographic, political, religious, socioeconomic, and they're literally turning the world upside down. And they do that and they start, just like Jesus said, they start in Judea, kind of their own backyard, and then they spread out to Samaria, which is like people that they have some stuff in common with but they really don't get along with. And they're bringing Jesus to those people, and they're, they're breaking barriers. And then from there, Paul and Barnabas start to take Jesus and his gospel message to the ends of the earth. And that's what we saw in chapter 15, that they had gone and they had shared Jesus with all these people. So all these different kinds of people are coming to know Jesus, and the church is like, whoa, 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 what's, we got like, to get a handle on stuff. So they made some really, really important decisions. And as they made those decisions, it, it brought the church together and gave them a unified footing from which to move forward. Now, Paul is getting ready to take off on his next missionary journey, and he's got his, his team put together. Um, he's got this guy, Silas, who we've read about earlier in the book of Acts. Silas is a prophet uh, he's thought very highly of. Timothy, kind of Paul's protege, who he's picked up along the way and he's training, is going to be a very important figure in the New Testament. And then the author of the book of Acts, Luke, becomes part of the team. Up to now, the book of Acts has been written in the third person. It's Luke writing about things, that he, information that he's gathered. If you notice, and you read carefully, from this point for like the next couple of chapters or so, um, Luke's, Luke changes his pronouns goes from third person to first person. It goes from they to we. So Paul is now a first-hand eyewitness of all this stuff that we're about to talk about and we're about to discover. All right, got all that? That was 15 chapters of Acts in like three minutes. All right, so we are picking things up now in Acts chapter 16. We're going to read just a handful of verses starting in verse 6. Here we go. Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Phrygia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mysia, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Mysia, Mysia excuse me, and went down to Troas. During the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come to Macedonia and help us. After Paul had seen the vision, we got ready. See, there's that pronoun change I was talking about, right? Luke says, we. We got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. All right, so Paul had his mission, right? He was set, he was ready to go, and he heads out. He had in mind that he was going to go north, and he was going to go kind of east. And I'm going to put a map up here, here for you, and that red line that kind of circles the, the Mediterranean. Um, it starts in Jerusalem, goes up into Antioch, and, and through that way, 
Paul wanted to go through Asia, which is like today, modern-day Turkey, um, but he was stopped. The Spirit, it says the Spirit of God stopped him. And then he's like, okay, we can't, we can't go there. What are we, what are we going to do? He tries to go into Bithynia. He's stopped, right? So he can't go east. He can't, or kind of east. He can't go north. And this little hallway gets created. You know what, um, Ben, let's leave this full screen for a second. So you see those two red circles with the lines through them. That's, those are the places Paul tried to get into, but the Spirit of God didn't allow them. And it creates this corridor, right? Paul's plan, the Paul plan gets thwarted. He gets stopped from what he wanted to do, what he expected to do, and it creates this passageway. It takes him almost directly to Troas, the place where he has the vision and the call from the man from Macedonia. God was directing his steps the whole time. So what do we see Paul do? We can go to to picture in picture now. Um, What do we see Paul doing as he's bouncing off the the ceiling of Bithynia and he can't go into Asia, Um, we see him being persistent, right? Paul has got a mission. He, it's what he's all about. It's what Crossroads is all about. He wants as many people as possible to know about the love of God that is in Jesus, that's available to everyone in, in Jesus. That's why he was doing his thing. That's why we exist as Crossroads, that we want everybody to know that love of God that is available through us and for us and to us. So he is persistent. He doesn't doesn't give up. Um, He doesn't try to change the mission. He's like, okay, well, this is my plan, so this is the way things should work. So I'm just going to, like, I'll reorchestrate things so that my way will be the way that it ends up working. He doesn't do that. He doesn't keep trying to, like, force his way into Asia, to force his way into Bithynia. That's the definition of insanity, right? Doing the same thing over and over again, thinking you're going to get different results. But he does keep trying. He's like, I have this Jesus who I need to bring to as many people as I can. So he keeps trying. And that passageway, God creates that passageway for him to Troas. The other thing that we see is that Paul doesn't take his eyes off of Jesus Right? He's persistent, he keeps his mission in mind, and he keeps moving forward, and he doesn't take his eyes off of Jesus. He doesn't get overwhelmed by his circumstances. He doesn't look at what's happening through his circumstances to Jesus. He doesn't allow his circumstances to be like, oh man, you know what? Maybe all that stuff I did before I met Jesus, like arresting all those people and hurting all those people and trying to kill the church, maybe Jesus changed his mind and like, he really doesn't want me doing this. But like, he, doesn't, he doesn't let his circumstances change what he knows to be true about Jesus because he's not viewing Jesus through his circumstances. You guys, this is why I say this over and over and over and over again. we got to keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, and we have to view everything through Jesus. Two reasons. First one is that Jesus lived this life better than any of us ever will, ever could, anybody ever will going forward. So we have an example. We have a perfect example of what it means to live to the fullest of human potential. And we also, we have a lens. The second thing that keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus provides is this lens through which to see everything, right? Our past, our present, our future, our circumstances, even people, 
Paul looked at his circumstances through that lens of Jesus, how Jesus handled difficult times. Let's try a little, let's try a little thought experiment. So um, think of someone who perhaps you find to be um, difficult. Now, I want you to think of the truck driving by behind me. After you think of that person whom you find to be difficult, I want you to think of Jesus. Do you, what do you, it's harder to see Jesus now, right? You're caught up in, oh, well, whoever that person might be. Maybe Jesus is like, you know, Jesus is just way too conservative for me. Jesus is way too liberal for me. Right now, let's flip the script. Instead of looking at Jesus through the lens of that difficult person, let's look at that difficult person through the lens of Jesus. Right? Who, as he hung on the cross, said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they do. Looking at things through the lens of Jesus, we keep our eyes fixed on Jesus, changes everything. And that's what allows us to change the world around us. What allows us to do crazy things like love our enemies. Paul kept his eyes fixed on Jesus. And because he did that, he was able to, um, to hear from God. He, he, heard, he, he heard, he saw a vision. Right? He saw a vision of a man from Macedonia. So if you think about that map, Troas is on one side. I think that's the Aegean Sea. And Macedonia is on the other side of it. There's a man standing in Macedonia saying, we need your help. Please come over here. And that's what they do. Luke says, we got ready and we went. And they go across the Aegean Sea. And as we'll talk about in the weeks to come, what they did in Philippi and the amazing um, work, the gospel work that they did. Eyes fixed on Jesus, Paul was able to hear from, to see what God was up to. Even when things didn't go according to his plan. God still leads. God still speaks today. And God's way, I, I said with the, the big idea that God's way, right, that's our best next step. God's way is always our best, best next step. And God's way starts with a relationship with him. The God of the universe loves you. He created you to be in relationship with him, to walk with him through good times, through bad times, through boring times, through exciting times. He wants to be with me, and he wants to be with you. And over and over again, we see Jesus telling people in the Gospels and in the book of Acts, as we've been reading, the story of, of God chasing us, of chasing people, and people turning their back and going their own way doing their own thing. When Jesus walked, they, were, they wanted to do their own thing so much, he, and he wanted them to come to him so badly. He would you know, say things like, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. And they got so tired of hearing from him, they nailed him to a cross to shut him up. And that was the message. That was the message that, that Paul and Peter, and Barnabas, and Philip, and Stephen. That was the message that they were delivering to people. And that was a hard message for lots of people here then. It's a hard message to us to, for us to hear now because we are just 
as culpable. We are just as guilty of wanting to do our own thing. Like, oh yeah, Jesus, I love you. Well, I like those blessings and I like the stuff, but like, I'm going to do my own thing for a bit. But will the stuff still be there? And we find our own ways to, to um, go off and, and turn away from, from Jesus. So as the, the disciples and the, and the apostles and the men and women in the early church were delivering this message of, look, God wants a relationship with you, but we screwed up. We've got to do something about it. People reacted poorly. They crucified Jesus. They arrested. They tortured. They murdered apostles and disciples. That message is still hard to hear today. Right? It's still hard to hear today. And as I'm speaking these words to you, I am praying that your heart and your mind, the Holy Spirit would be at work around you and in you to receive what God is saying to you, that God wants to be in relationship with you. He doesn't want you to be off going your own way so when things don't go the way you plan, your world falls apart. God wants to walk with you. And so there were many, many people who heard that hard, those hard things, and it, it, it was heavy on their hearts. It broke the barriers in their hearts. And they turned to the apostles and the disciples like, what, what are we supposed to do? How do we respond to this? And Peter, there's a couple different places, but this is from Acts chapter 2. Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Folks, if this is landing in your heart today, do what Peter said. This isn't, I'm not making this stuff up. I don't get a commission, right? This is, I want you to know the love of Jesus. And this is the first step to walking with him, to being, to doing things God's way is repenting, saying, I'm sorry, turning from the way that we're living and coming back to relationship with God. Hey, and if you do that, shoot me an email, talk to one of the church leaders, talk to somebody who invited you, let us know, man, because we want to walk with you and help you grow in the knowledge of, of the love of Jesus that he has for you. And I want to, um, this is like a little, little bit of a tangent, because this is just something that, I, that I, I saw this morning and I felt like I needed to share with you. This is not a one and done deal, right? It's not about like, saying a prayer. It's not about doing the right thing and you're in, right? You get the get out of jail free card. You get the, the fire insurance, whatever, whatever you want to call it. If you, if you said the prayer, you're in. Everybody didn't say the prayer, you're out. You're a Christian. You're not a Christian. And I'll probably get in some kind of trouble for saying this, but I don't, that's not God, God's way, right? And when people hear somebody like me say that, they're like, well, of course, like we gotta, we we gotta tell people that who's in and who's out, or else we're not gonna know who's gonna be in heaven, and who's in, who's not gonna be in heaven. You know what I think is more important than that is this: is that that every person, right? That's like there's this dividing line. You're in, you're out. Rather than that dividing line, there's Jesus, and He is at the center of everything. And there are some people who are closer to Him, and there are some people who are farther away. There are some people who are facing him and they're moving towards him and there are some people who have their backs turned and they're moving a different direction. But everything is relative to Jesus. And if it's a one and done thing, that means 
when people get the idea that, like, okay, I said this prayer, I'm good. Now I just wait to die so I can be with Jesus in heaven. No, no, no. Our, the goal of life is to grow in the knowledge, to grow in the love that Jesus has for each one of us. It's not one and done. As we progress through life, we grow in, in what we know of Jesus and his love, and we get closer to him, and we get closer to him, and we won't um, attain that original design that God had for us until we're in heaven, but we will get closer and closer to it, and we'll get more and more prepared. Right? It's, not, it's not one and done. It's all of us are on this continuum, and we all... As we're moving closer, we want to help other people move closer. All right, like I said, I digress. God has provided, right? That's the first step. Being in relationship with him is the biggest part of doing things God's way. What comes after that is that he, he provides us all of these, um, just this guidance to help us get there, right? Paul had a vision. Some people... Some people still have visions. Sometimes God still speaks to people in pictures and, and in images. Um, but there, there's a number of ways that every person who calls Jesus Lord has access to to help them grow in the knowledge of the love of, of Jesus. And the first one is just the Holy Spirit. God comes and resides inside those of us who call Jesus Lord. The Holy Spirit helps us read the Bible. The Holy Spirit interprets for us so we can communicate with God. There's no way that finite beings with little peanut brains like us could ever communicate with an infinite, eternal God without the presence of God inside of us, interceding, interpreting, guiding, comforting, convicting. So we have the Holy Spirit guiding us. God gave us the gift of the Bible. This is God's most direct means of communication, right? That for teaching, for correcting, for encouraging, God speaks to us in the Bible. And I will say this, I'm gonna, there's a list of like four things here, I think. If something, if one of these other inputs contradicts the Bible, go check the other input because the, the Bible is the final authority. That's what we turn to, right? The Holy Spirit opens our eyes to it and allows us to see what God has for us in the Bible. God also gave us the gift of prayer. The Bible is his direct means of, most direct means of communication with us. Prayer is our means of communication with him. It's our means of being with him. We pray so we can tell God how we feel about him, how much we appreciate him, how much we want to be with him. God gives us the gift of prayer so we can turn anxiety into peace so we can just ask for our basic everyday needs to be fulfilled. The Bible helps us, to God, to communicate with us. The prayer helps us communicate with God. Wise counsel, other people who care about you and who love Jesus. Right? When we come into relationship with Jesus, we just don't get that relationship. We get the family of Christ, we get the rest of the body that wants to come along beside us and help us move, to help us grow in intimacy with Jesus, to help us become closer to him. These are all the ways, just like God spoke to Paul in a vision, these are all ways that are available to 
every single person who is walking with Jesus. And the last one would be this, is our circumstances, right? Paul tried to go to Asia. He tried to go to Bithynia. And like I said, it created that passageway and it took him right to Troas, which was the jumping off point that took them to Macedonia and all the awesome work that they did there. When we look at our circumstances through Jesus' eyes, everything changes. Obstacles are no longer obstacles. They're redirections. Everything changes. So as we are confronted with situations where our plans fall apart, right, where things don't go according to the TK plan, we can still move forward confidently right? because if, if we're walking with God in relationship with him, we're doing things God's way. Doesn't Yes, plan and prepare as best as you possibly can, as best as you possibly know how, but if things don't work out, the world's not going to fall apart. God is still guiding. And the point is, is that we're in relationship with God. So regardless of what comes our way, he is still with us. And we see this theme kind of throughout scripture is that we as people don't really get the, the change in circumstances, the, when things don't go our way. Right? You go all the way back to the people of Israel they're freed from slavery. They're freed from slavery. And they're out in the desert, and all they can think about is going back into slavery. Why can't we just go back into Egypt? Things aren't going the way they plan, so they want to they just think about the interaction of, of Jesus and Peter at the Last Supper when Jesus starts to try to wash the disciples' feet. And Peter's like, no, no, no not me. You're not going to wash my feet. It wasn't what Peter had planned, right? Or Paul trying to go into Asia. None of that stuff. None of they people did not understand what God was up to. And the Jesus' response to Peter on that occasion was this. Jesus replied, You do not realize now what I am doing, but later you will understand. The point is, is that eyes fixed on Jesus, we know Jesus, we trust Jesus, we keep walking with him. Whether things go according to our plan or not, we stay in relationship with Jesus and we, we um, take advantage of all the gifts that he's given us to help us stay connected to him, to help us grow in the knowledge of, of who he is. So as we, as we look ahead, um, I don't... I certainly, I certainly did not see 2020 coming. I, I have some thoughts about 2021, but anybody who's making any kind of prognostications about 2021 is foolish because who knows what, what might happen. I do know Jesus, and I trust Jesus, and I trust that God's way is better than my way. And that's the way and that, that I'm going to walk into 2021. That's the way I'm inviting you to walk into 2021. Trusting that no matter how much we plan and prep, that God's way is always our best next step. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you. Um, thank you for the gift of your word. Thank you for the gift of your Holy Spirit. Thank you for the gift of you.
for a relationship, God, that you would design us, that you would want to be in relationship with us, Jesus. Thank you for that. God, help us to see, um, help us to see you even when things don't go according to our plan. God, help us to rest in the confidence of that relationship that we have with you, knowing that you'll never leave us, knowing that you'll never forsake us. God, help us to move confidently into the future, knowing that when we do things your way, God, you are always working to secure our best. Lord Jesus, we love you and we thank you. Amen.